Gregoire and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. Welcome to episode 182 of Smart Enough to Know Better. We are a podcast of science, comedy, and ignorance. I'm Dan Beeston. I'm Greg Wah. And in this episode of Smart Enough to Know Better, Slow Joe! I'm going to rustle up some extra cash. And finally, Rhino versus the Crown. Jesus. That whole thing is just of no value to anyone. But before we get there... What has happened to you this week in science? <laughs> we, should, so we, got, we, we should probably check into that on, on listeners at some point and say, does that, does, does that whet your appetite when we yell weird shit? You? Like, we've got to sizzle the episode. That was how you were, you, you came up with this. You were like, yeah. we've got to sizzle the episode each time. Ab- yeah. The only thing that they're doing is people listening to that and going, oh, well, I've got to find out what that means because I have no idea. And well, it's working then. That's, that's, what I, that's what I'm hoping for. I love it. Makes me laugh every time. <laughs> great, great, great. So what happened to you this week in science? Dan, I have cracked open the biggest case in science this week. Something I found something that, that is terrifying and awful in the era of biology. I, I, I am so angry about it. And finally, I've broken through and I'm going to expose this lie right here on the podcast. Oh my god, this is like the the Pelican Brief, but in real life. And well, exactly like I don't know what you're talking about. That's, I'm, it's exactly like it. The Pan- it's the like the Panama Papers. Sure. Oh my god. Yes. Here we go. We're doing it, but biology based. It's more like the Pelican Brief. Now I think about it. Okay. Anyway, the thing is, Dan. So like let's, Aaron, let's you're, 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 you're like the, you're like science's Erin Brockovich. I I am I yes yes she's a lawyer lady isn't yes she was she was that prostitute that Richard Gere went out with wait no wait anyway so I'm going to expose this I'm going to crack it wide open in the name of biology but it's going to require us to do an investigation Dan I just I just want to run through a few Latin roots with you let's talk about the word centipede centipede Dan centipede okay. so in Latin we have centipede so, so what does pod, centi pod- mean. Well, centi means 100. And Thank you. Pede and is pede? For, from foot. Like foot, a monopod is like a So how many snail. feet, how many feet does a centipede have? Oh, about one sixteenth. No, what? Oh, no, sorry, that's the length. It's about one sixteenth of a foot. It, it would be 100, right? 100 feet. Well, that's the, exactly right, Dan. It's, it's between 30 and 354. Well, that's 100. 100 is three, between 30 and 354. That's, and I was just incensed when I realized this, that, that centipedes have anywhere between 30 and 354 feet. They just, whatever. They just, they just like, whatever. As long as not an odd number of feet. They have two little feet so per was, segment. Was this named by Socrates? Probably. Socrates, where he's oh, like, God. ah, it's about 100. Well, well, yeah, well Latin, so no. But oh, yeah, anyway. Good point. Uh, <laughs> But anyway, what do you mean? What what is a person based on Socrates? You just know. Anyway, so I was frustrated with this. I sat there going, what a load of crap. What what a load of, oh, well, 30 to 354. So we'll just call it centipede, whatever. And then it gets worse, Dan. Then it gets worse. Because then, you know, what's longer than a centipede? What's longer than a centipede? Two centipedes. Two two centipedes talking or a millipede. You know, millipede, Dan. Millipedes aren't necessarily longer than centipedes. They just have more feet. Just go with me on this one, will you? 
we're just getting sense with me on this one. Don't 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 question my incense here. Incense. Oh, sorry, yeah, because I've seen a millipede and it was like a sausage. They- <laughs> it was it was a good twenty centimeters long. It was like yes. it was the it was thicker than my thumb. Nice. It was, exactly- and it was so- sitting in a tree in front of my head, and I thought it was the most magical experience ever. But I'm glad it didn't go for me. <laughs> so we now let's let's have a look at the word millipede then. Also Latin millipede. So we got ped for feet yep. and milli meaning milli meaning a thousand. Thou- that's right. So how many feet does a millipede have, Dan? A thousand feet. <laughs> exactly right. Less than seven hundred and fifty. Less than seven hundred and fifty. In fact, centipedes can sometimes have more feet than millipedes. With like they can have millipedes can have any number. It doesn't actually make a difference how many. And it just there's never been a millipede that has 1,000 feet. But there's sort of been a centipede that has 100 feet. Maybe. We can, we, well, maybe. But look, let's just say that millipedes are the big liars here. Let's, go with, let's just focus on millipedes. That's what I've discovered here. But hang on, hang on. Wait, wait hang on. Sorry. Wait, I'm just getting a message. I'm getting a message here on the Smart Enough and the Better information service here in the Smart Enough and the Better comedy blimp. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Coming through. Oh, my goodness, no. Dan. Breaking- he's, he's reading smoke signals <laughs> that come out of the engine. That's true. And they, they're, they're, they're scented smoke signals that really help us think. Uh, thinking juice. So, uh, wait, wait. I've been told that there is now actually a millipede that's been discovered right here in my state of Western Australia in the Goldfields Esperance region. Oh, my goodness. So, there's been an animal found that uh, is called Eumelopus Persephone. It lives 60 meters underground. It actually has more legs than any other animal it has over can have the females can have over 1300 legs and the males have 800 to 700 legs or so so we finally found here in western australia a millipede that has over a thousand legs i think i feel much better now that's that's what i wanted to tell everyone about was the millipedes so millipedes that actually have more than a thousand legs. yes and this monster this absolute unit is it's you wouldn't want to see it because because it, it basically to see it you'd have to be sitting right next to it. It is very very small. Where is it? It's ninety five millimeters long, and it is point nine five millimeters wide. <laughs> so there you go. So it's teeny tiny 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 thing. And it's, it was just found they were doing exploratory drill holes in this region of Australia looking for stuff that weren't millipedes. And they found some corpses and they found live ones now. They didn't just kill the last very large millipedes. But, yes, they've uh, discovered this millipede. So there you go. They've cracked the case. Finally, millipedes are living up to their uh, their potential. So Now, the different amount of legs is because there are different types of centipedes and different types of millipedes. And in fact, individuals can as so, well. So it's got to do with the segments. How many, when they molt, they molt their segments. So they right. grow more segments and every segment gets two legs. So it's not actually connected to... Individuals can say that a male can have 700 right. and something and a female can have 1,000 and something and individuals will be different every time. So It's not like there's a certain cutoff point of legs that turns a species that you call a centipede into a species you call a millipede. No. They're different yes. phylums or something. That's right. Like. Yeah, different, different species entirely. So you can get centipedes that have more legs than millipedes. So you could, have a, you could have a centipede with 300 and something legs and you could have a millipede with less legs than that. And mm, still fewer. Yeah, it's still a millipede and a centipede. Mile is garbage. That's what I'm trying to say here, Dan. I said it before and I'll say it again. Rubbish. You just like stuff you can count? Yes. I like counting. <laughs> Physicists. Jesus. Autistic people. 
<laughs> vampires. Vampires. Oh, wait, we've cracked it. <laughs> That's why autistic people don't come out at night and only drink blood. Wait a minute. C- citation needed. Citation needed. <laughs> We got weirdly off topic here. One of us has. (laughs) (sighs) By that loving face you're making at me, Dan, I'm assuming you want me to ask that you're weak in science now. What is this tone? (laughs) How's your weak in science, Dan? Do you not want to go any further? Are you done now? You're happy? I I like the bit where I get to talk. (laughs) That's what podcasting's about, isn't it? Anyway, how's your week in science, Why do you think so many cis white men do it? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Goodness me. How was your week in science, Dan? I made my own butter. You know what the ingredients are for making butter? Some sort of dairy extrusion and salt and churning. Lots of churning? Churning. Well, firstly, Mm. you start with cream. That's it. That's the only ingredient. Oh. That's all you need. Cream. Cream. So milk is fat suspended in liquid, Mm -hmm. and some of that fat is very small and it remains suspended in liquid. But some of that fat is in little clumps with other molecules of fat. And when the clumps are big enough, those clumps of fat rise to the surface, and that's how we get cream. Nice. Simple as that. Right. If you want to homogenise your milk, you can heat it, and spray it, which breaks up the clumps, so all the fat molecules are broken down extra small and they remain suspended in the liquid. But cream is more so clumps of fat with liquid filling the gaps in between it. So if you want to put that cream in a mixing bowl and mix it at speed, it aerates the cream. This is how you get whipped cream. Right. It's all nice and... You you know what whipped cream is. It's nice and soft (laughs) and lovely. But if you keep mixing it, the lumps of fat bash into each other and become bigger lumps of fat. The liquid gets separated from the fat clumps. Now, fats and water don't mix, so they become two distinct elements in the mixing bowl. It also means you know that it's working because whipped cream isn't messy, but the fluid that's separated from the fats is very loose and splashes everywhere. This fluid is called buttermilk and is great for making pancakes. Once they've separated, the buttermilk can then be moved into a jar and you're left with wet butter. You can then put the butter in ice water and squish it. The last bits of buttermilk will get squeezed out of the milk because they're in little pockets Mm -hmm. inside the milk. Uh, And then you rinse the remaining fluid off the butter and it cools it. Now, you want to use ice water because if you use warm water, the fats melt Mm. and don't separate properly. Using iced water means that any heat from friction or your hands is offset... And the butter stays as a big clump of hard butter as you sort of squish the little pockets of buttermilk out. And you can even reconstitute cream by melting the butter and mixing it with the buttermilk again. Nice. Which is very very much the cooking of Sisyphus, where he churns the butter and then mixes it back into cream and then churns the butter and mixes it back into cream. It's like a magic trick. Yeah. But with food. Yeah. It it feels to me like unbaking an egg. Now, I don't really think about the taste of butter when I'm eating butter. So I was very surprised that homemade butter tasted so nice. It also went rancid a lot faster than normal butter. Mm. Mm. So whatever they do to butter that makes it taste not quite so nice and fresh also stops it from going rancid real quickly. Threaten it. But, yeah, making your own butter, real easy. Nice. 
Dan's rediscovered something that they've been doing for thousands of years, everyone. Yeah, but, I mean, there's lots of things we've been doing for thousands of years. How yeah, often good. do you get to have a crack at it? No, go, it's very, no, it's oh, look, cool. look, at, look, at, look what we did. Would you, would you consider making more of your butter? Are you one of those people now saying, I only, only make my own butter? I'm sorry, I don't buy your short store butter. Is no, it it's, pr- it's pretty messy. Okay. It's not really <laughs> worth it. But it might be a fun thing to do if I'm doing a dinner party with, like, homemade breads and stuff. I'll be like, oh, you know what? Make, make a bit of my own butter. You can use all. You can make pancakes out of your own buttermilk. Yeah, and, then you can, and you can every part. You go, I churned this myself. I punched the cow and got the milk. All that sort of stuff. That's not how you milk a cow. Oh, you don't just mug the cow and get it to hand over the milk. Uh, that's why the farmer's so angry at me. Yeah. Although that is a nice little prelude to my segment coming up. Ooh. Speaking of butter, sizzle. <laughs> Speaking of cows, sizzle. <laughs> Recently, Dan, you have been involved in a play, a play that we wrote with Natalie Berhensky from the Raven On podcast, and that play We're is playwrights. Called... We are playwrights. We are playwrights. Uh, Die Hard, the movie, the play, and you were performing in that over in the uh, on the east coast of Australia, and I could not join you due to the, you know, the situation of the world. No, but... I'm not familiar with... What are you talking about? What's this? No, look, is look, this look, about what... Trump again? What are you talking about? <laughs> So we, so you were involved in this show, and so was Natalie. And I was really interested because you had a, a health scare, not you personally, but everyone had a health scare. Someone had come to the theatre. I'd like to think that I had a, my own personal health scare. <laughs> Someone came to the theatre and, as in a patron, who happened to have coronavirus, and in, and unfortunately, that meant that you all had to get tested. And yep. you will because you can't perform with coronavirus and infect all the all the future people. Which you makes can't sense. even turn up. You can't even share the building. If you've got coronavirus, you're supposed to stay at home. Exactly right. I and mean, you could do the play from there, but no one's going to hear you. <laughs> so you uh, you went and got tested. And it was all like takes forever, and like, that's a, that's a whole thing. But I was really interested. Oh, it didn't it, it, it didn't take, didn't take forever for me. All right. Oh, it was, it was brilliant. Like because there's there was a testing place down the road, and it was a the car one where you drive through and get tested. Ah, yep. And so I'm like, it opens at eight. So mm. I'll, should how, how early should I get there? I mean, I'm not going to go down there at six because what if there's no one there and there's no one there until ten to eight? I'm going to feel like an idiot and yep. I'm going to have wasted all that time. But I don't want to get there at eight because oh, then people will already have lined up. And I'm like, yep. well, when's the perfect time? And I don't know when the perfect time is. And I was a bit freaked out about when the perfect time to go was because <laughs> because you, you see what you're saying there because you say. Well, it's going to take me three to five hours to get tested sitting in my car. You want to get there earlier than eight o'clock, but less than three to five hours. Otherwise, you're wasting the same amount of time or more yeah. time. Yeah. So you, you, you yeah. have to do the maths of it. You have to say it's like like trying to find something in a book, opening a page. Do you go to the center and then work your way around it, like looking for something, or do you? How, how do you break up the average? That's really cool. Yeah. So what was your yeah. what was your uh, what was your take on it? I was sitting there going, well, I could just go now, but then I'd be waiting for 50 minutes. I could just mm-hmm. go now. I'd just be waiting for 45 minutes. I'd just go now. And I went, I'll just go now. I'll just go now. Uh, yep. there go. I got there. There were three cars in front of me. Yes. And I'm like, well, I've beaten them. No, no they've beaten me. Yes. That's how time works, right? Yes. But, That's entropy. But, but, okay. but, so, but time-wise, they might not have beaten you because they may have been no. there for three hours. So you don't yeah. know how long they were there for. They may have wasted more time than you. So I was number four. And nice. then 40 minutes later, when it actually opened, yep. there were like 50 cars behind me. Nice. And I yelled in my car, I am a fucking genius. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. I was so ple- pleased with myself. 
Yeah. And yes. like other people lining up in the sun in the middle of the city and stuff. Whereas I was out like this great big car park thing, but surrounded by bushland. And it was like I just rolled the window down, and it was quite warm. But I could listen to the listen to the cicadas and enjoy the fresh breeze and listen to the birds. It's brilliant. That's well. I'm glad that worked out for you. Should Did go. It? I should go out there every morning. Enjoy the wildlife. <laughs> get a test. Talk to the nice person in the, in the full hazmat suit, and the uh, and get stabbed in the brain. It's a <laughs> look. Sure. Once again, I'm not it, here to yuck yeah. your yum. Drive up. Are you working hard or hardly working? <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Just probing then. <laughs> so Natalie, unfortunately. She got tested. By the way, it was all negative. No one had coronavirus. The show went on. Thank goodness. Well, everyone said it was negative. Well, yes. Yeah. We, we, we're not sure about Nat. Well, that's the... Because, uh, well, you know, she's got she's got financial reason to, like, <laughs> fudge those results. Don't say that. that well, the she point turned this... up the next night with, like, a runny nose. She's yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah, it's yeah. not COVID. Oh, yeah, we never saw the test results. <laughs> this is the point. Natalie got a cold. And I was really fascinated by this because she got and got a test and then she gets a cold. And colds happen. And I, and I thought... But not was... anymore. Like, you're not more likely... You're not... You're so much less likely to get a, just a normal head cold now than coronavirus because coronavirus is bloody like COVID will insanely ah. I, I haven't I haven't described that well. Its R value is really high, and yes. people are re- it's it's really transmittable. Right. So and there's a head thinking, cold. Everyone's was, wearing masks. Well, I was, thi- down. I was thinking about this going, oh, well, that, I was like, well done, Natalie's head cold. Well done. Well done for, for the little cold that could. Well done, you. Uh, you fought your way through the big sexy virus. And, uh, and now that you've won, you've, you managed to get in there and infect a human being. And so that little virus gets to continue on. Well done. I was actually very impressed with it. So I was wondering, is that right? So I did some of things in research. Oh my goodness, we're we're so wrong. We're so wrong. Don't don't cheer on the head cold for being the the plucky little virus that could. A rhinovirus versus the coronavirus. The rhinovirus will kick the crap out of a coronavirus. Really? Every time. It's it's really really crazy how how much more hardy the rhinovirus is. Rhinovirus it has come to play. It is, I mean, let's just tell everyone, there's about a hundred different rhinoviruses that we call the common cold. So not talking influenzas here, just the common cold. They've been mm-hmm. around with humans. They only infect humans. They've been around for a very, very long time. They, they've been with us since as long as there's been humans. They know us very, very well. They, they know us inside. I- Yes. <laughs> they they can survive on surfaces supposedly better than coronavirus can, where a coronavirus will die on a surface faster than a... What a great way, insult. Uh, die on a surface. <laughs> I'd like to point out, we're not epidemiologists, and this is not medical advice, and I'm just talking about some fun science stuff. Get a vaccine, wash your hands, wear a mask, do your bit. Just getting another. Okay, cool. Thanks. Bye bye. Now, the rhinovirus is really, really, really hardy. And what happens is when it gets in, some viruses, when they get into you, like adenoviruses, they get inside you and they're like, Hey, other viruses. I'm an adenovirus. I love you. Come and, come and boogie in this, this, this host. Yeah. Adenovirus. We're we, we down to party. The rhinovirus is like, get, step off my lawn. Go away. 
I've taken this is my house, my house, and it won't let any other viruses in. It, it's like nah, I we wow. Are, is that because it's taking up all the resources, or it's it's it's, it, it's fighting back? It, it doesn't. Well, no, it doesn't fight. It's it's, it's a virus. So it, it's not fighting. Of course, it's just it's um it's just hijacking your cells and making more of itself. But mm-hmm. it does not play it basically won't let sars covid 2 won't get a look in if you infected someone with them at the same time so if you blew an infection load into someone's face which sounds awful uh, of both of them at the same time (laughs) all over their face greg stop it and (laughs) don't 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 this is a lovely podcast a lovely people don't 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 be like that and (laughs) so sorry sorry so they sneeze and it ejects. Stop it! Yes, that's okay. right. Yeah. So if you're if basically if you're given the same amount, the same viral load at the same time, then the there's basically no chance the COVID the the rhinovirus will just get into you and it will hijack the cells and it will do its thing and it will say no to the coronavirus. Even if you infect someone, if you infect with COVID after rhinovirus, no chance. The the, the, the rhinovirus like a day later. If you say rhinovirus a day later COVID, no chance. COVID and rhinovirus at the same time, basically, uh, sorry, rhinovirus wins nearly every time. Uh, and if you do, even if you do the other way, if you go COVID, wait a day, rhinovirus, rhinovirus will still kick the living tar out of the coronavirus. Much more chance of you getting a cold than getting COVID. It just won't let it happen. There's something called viral interference. It's a phenomenon where one virus outcompetes and suppresses replication of the other co-infecting viruses. So the virus may actually interfere with replication of respiratory viruses. So when the, when you get a rhinovirus, it creates something called interferons. And interferons... Uh, Great name. It is it, a really good name. So our immune system produces these virus-killing molecules. We call them interferons. And they, they come to kill the rhinovirus. We've evolved to go... Kill the rhinovirus, but the rhinoviruses—we've had them for a long time, so they're they're mutating all the time. That's why you get colds every year, and mm-hmm. your interferons have to be basically—it's an arms race between your interferons and the rhinoviruses, and so they're they're really complicated. And it seems to be that these interferons, though rhinoviruses, they a lot of them get killed as well, wiped or killed, and not alive, but you know, wiped out. They abs- these interferons seem to absolutely kick the tar out of the COVID. So it's very unlikely that if you have a cold that you're going to get COVID at the same time. It puts your body onto high alert and what it has to do to kill the rhinovirus or destroy the rhinovirus, it just COVID is like, ah, I'm just cute and you, I'm the new kid on the block. Oh, I can't deal with this. It's, it's not, you think I'm novel, you're novel. I'm not meant to be in a monkey. I was meant to be in an armadillo or a hawk or whatever the thing we think it came from now. Who knows? But yeah, there you go. So Natalie getting the rhinovirus probably gave her at the time some resistance to coronavirus. So when she turned up, sniffling and with it and with sore joints and stuff yeah and everyone was like oh my god stay away yep. she was actually keeping us safer she was, she was a hero she was exposing us to a heroic rhino virus that's right that there can dispatch the covid virus that was hero. in the building watching as she goes yeah she was she was protecting you and the reason she has swollen joints and sniffly nose it isn't the rhinovirus it's not the rhinovirus that's doing that it's your interferons the damage it does to your body that's where the the cold effects come from your interferons doing it's your body's response so could we just not have an immune response then then we wouldn't feel anything (laughs) 
I was really surprised by that when I looked into it. That's why I wanted to bring it up. I was really you know surprised. what I've had an idea. Yep, we should do a smart enough to know better genetically engineered rhinovirus where we make a rhinovirus that yep. doesn't give you any symptoms and isn't dangerous but still protects you from all the other viruses and it never goes away. So you, so you have a virus that never gets destroyed by the immune system yeah. and doesn't have any effects and then you're safe from everything else and then you're fine, right? And then you just communicate that around. Those things don't mutate, right? Be sure, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure it'll be fine. Cool, great, cool. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do Paint it. Get it. onto it. Scientists, get onto it immediately. You in the basement downstairs. Basement? Our, our blimp has a basement now. We shouldn't put bricks on this blimp. Anyway, it's fine. So, well, I mean, where, do you, where else does the boiler go? True, true. Got to have a nice cuppa in the morning. Mm. Oh, I mean, it, the, the whole thing's coal-powered. Oh, obviously. Yeah, we got to shovel coal in. <laughs> well, uh, well, but you the don't thing want is, that in a foyer? <laughs> Get all over our lovely Art Deco stuff. But, but we fly so high in the sky that it's going out of the atmosphere, so it's fine. Not like carbon dioxide. Out of the atmosphere. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. I mean, last time I checked, we can't get the blimp up up 16 foot. It won't go any higher than that. <laughs> we have a very large periscope into the sky. Periscope? Chimney. Keep bumping off cars. <laughs> well, you call it bumping off cars. I call it navigating through the city streets. We're just high enough to be annoying that cops can't grab us. <laughs> yeah. By, by the time they get a net, like, I can't go. Oh, they've gone. Ah. Anyway. Um, are, the my- are the smart enough to know better mythos? It grows every year. Gregoire, are you getting enough sleep? No. Oh, dear. Doctors recommend we get eight hours a night of sleep. That's a third of our life, Gregoire. A third of your life. Yeah. And the data suggests that most people are sleeping on mattresses that don't provide them a healthy night's sleep. Now, our new sponsors are passionate about sleep, and they have a solution for all our listeners. Do you know what doesn't need an expensive and over-engineered sleep solution? That's right. It's the common cockroach. And at the Franz Kafka Sleep Institute, they've developed an industry-leading solution. They can turn you into a giant insect. Cockroaches can sleep anywhere. You won't even need a bed. A simple sofa or refrigerator to scuttle underneath is all you need. No more waking up with neck pain. No more neck. Make sure they know that Smart Enough Know Better sent you along by using the offer code SE2K and then an Omega that is pulsing and appears to be slowly crawling off the page. Thanks to the Franz Kafka Sleep Institute for supporting the show. (laughs) All right, Gregoire, I need a little bit of cash. So I've decided to take up mugging. Right. Good. Right. That's good. I'll sneak it's, up behind my it's victim. Also, it's also exercise too, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. It gets yeah. me out in the, in yeah. the sun. In and the you air. meeting people? Meeting? Well, mm. well, 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 I'll tell you what I'm doing to people. I'll, I'll sneak up behind my victim and oh. suffocate them. Oh, my God. You're going to kill them. their wallet. So you're yeah. murdering them. You're not just mugging yeah. them. You're murdering them and then taking their wallet. So really, yeah. you should lead with the – you kind of buried the lead there. You're technically becoming a murderer and just make, and, and getting recouping your costs. Well, my plan is not to bury anything, just, you know, dash off. <laughs> right. Okay. So we've got lungs. We, Human beings have got lungs. We Great do. Pumps in our chest that draw air in using the diaphragm so that we can transfer oxygen in and carbon dioxide out. Yes. 
So if I put a pillow over your face, I can suffocate you in about four minutes. Mm. Then I grab your wallet. Mm. Now, there's only one problem here, Gregoire. Humans fight back. They want to live, Dan. They, no, they, no. Want, they want to live so hard. Yeah, no, it's not, that's not the problem. Oh, not the problem, the problem is it. it's tremendously illegal. Oh, I right. would be oh, caught. Yes. Oh, sorry, yes. And so, yes. thrown in jail. That's the important thing. Right. Yes. Yeah. 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 Sorry. <clears throat> now, mm. most mammals mm. have a similar weakness. Mm. You can suffocate a dog or a marmoset. Can I suffocate a dolphin? Dolphins would take a lot longer. Ah. Because dolphins can hold their breath for a while. But you could stick your thumb in the blowhole. But they have a mouth as well. Can they breathe through their mouth at all? Yes. Be, oh my god. They can. They oh. don't usually, but there was a there, there's a story of a dolphin who had damage to his blow blowhole and had to keep rising up and going <laughs> and sucking in so that they can still breathe through their mouth. So with a human, humans are really easy because you can just get one hand and cover both holes, all the breathing yeah. bits. And we're yep. not a turtle, so you can't breathe through your ass. So it's so with a dolphin, oh, you're, you're 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 jumping ahead. Oh, sorry, but with a dolphin, you can yeah. slam it in the blowhole, and then you got to reach around and and with a with a with a don't interesting choice of phrase. Don't phrasing. That's the sort of comment you'd read on Flipper, on on, <laughs> on the app Flipper. <laughs> so you stick your thumb in the blowhole, but with, uh, actually dolphins will be fine because uh, well, bottlenose dolphins will be fine because you could reach up and grab the bottlenose, and then you could hold that son of a bitch closed. So basically, you could keep its mouth closed and keep your thumb in, it. and you almost—it's almost like humans are built to suffocate dolphins because we've got—we can actually reach around and and suffocate them. There you go. That's another phrase you'll read on oh, Flipper. <laughs> Dolphin reach around. Dolphin reach around. And they are very rapey. They are like can I just point we have to I think we need to point it out at all times. Dolphins are bastards. They're smiling sea bastards. I've always said it. I don't know why we're all so excited by them. I just look they, they will have you like if you like, mm, no, they're they're not. All good. I'm hearing is that this is probably a really good app idea. <laughs> like if they're that sexually driven, yeah. this this flipper dot app is gonna go through the roof. <laughs> Anyway, so you were so you, you were killing people by suffocating them to death, and I rudely interrupted about dolphins. Yeah, sex. well, not people because that's illegal. Oh right, yes, of course. Sorry, so very I'm, illegal. I'm thinking about possibly uh, suffocating oh, other marmosets, mammals, lemurs. Yeah, that's right. Marmosets, oh. dogs, dolphins. Oh, dolphins, you'd need two pillows. We're gonna be, that'd be like Madagascar four can suffocate the lemur. Yeah, yep. I am the dead sea lemur. I am here in Madagascar. Mummy, what's that man doing to the lemur? (laughs) Mama set match. (laughs) All right. Can I, I'm sorry, I know I'm interrupting you. I'm talk, interrupting you a lot here. I'm very That's proud. That's the podcast, baby. I'm That's very the format. proud of my suffocating a lemur to death noise. I'm actually very proud of that. That was that was. I it don't was think, pretty unsettling. It's, <laughs> thank you. I think imagine being a child watching that on a Disney cartoon. Man, that kid's gonna be crying. Oh, it's gonna be to be worse than Bambi. They, every, every generation needs a Bambi. I got well. I, I was, I'm too young for Bambi. I saw Bambi later on, but as in yes, it, you, you need a Bambi. So you know, remember when Johnny Five died in Short Circuit? That's very sad. Yeah, ET. Oh, so that was my, that was mine. ET died. That was very sad. So and in this generation needs a a lemur to be choked out. By an, Tell you and, what, 
easy to suffocate ET. His little mouth and nose are like yeah, real close and they're yeah. flat. Yeah, that's right. And, flat and, surface. And, he, and he's a pacifist. He doesn't fight back. Like it's just he's just like no, please. And you're like no, sorry, buddy, you're going down. Sorry, buddy, you're phoning home for the last time. <laughs> okay, you did mention turtles before. So mm. if I turned my attention to lizards, mm. suffocating mm. a lizard, it mm. would take a lot longer. Reptiles have a slower metabolism. Mm, lizards might take 15 minutes to suffocate. <laughs> Turtles an hour. Oh, my God. Some of them you've got to suffocate the other end as well, That's as right. you, you point got, out. You've got to get a cork up there. Yeah. Well, uh, Crocodiles can wait two hours between breaths. Oof. Now, all of this, though is if they're not struggling. They can use up a lot of oxygen if they are struggling against me. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. This is getting... It started off like fun. This is getting worse. It's, it's, oh, it's, it's becoming Let's real. introduce you to birds. Birds oh. can be suffocated quite easily. Oh, thank God. In fact, reptiles and birds wouldn't even need to have their mouths covered. If you can wrap them up and or hold them, it stops their muscles working. They require their ribs or their sternums to move in order to pull air in and out. Oh, my God. They don't have an internal diaphragm. Oh, my God. It's dedicated to opening up their lungs. So does that mean if Jurassic Park, if if a velociraptor is going to strike, like, you know, it's coming, it's coming towards you with big claws, don't run away. Go towards it. Hug it first because it, 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 it will be trying to bite you and it can't get in. And then you just hug the living hell out of it. Make sure you grab it like with your legs and just squeeze it to death. So it's because it can't get its fighting claws into you. It can't get its reach its neck around. Or maybe it can. You get some superficial bites on the back. And then its big, big, dirty, great arms can't grab you either. It's like, oh, no. And you just choke that son of a bitch out. Just just anaconda that son yeah, of a bitch. That's right. That's that might that, work. That we should, I want to see... I want to see Chris Bratt do that. I want to see. I want to see him choke out a Velociraptor. <laughs> Get under it, Chris. There's a, there's a oh. lot of Chris Pratt choking out Velociraptor stuff on Velociraptor dot mm. <laughs> This joke keeps on giving. All right. <laughs> so you can even if you put a lizard on its back. Mm. It, quite cutely, it'll go to sleep. But quite uncutely, it's not going to sleep. It's struggling to breathe because oh. the weight oh. is on its ribs and it can't breathe anymore. Oh. So don't do that. It's do not that. adorable. No, it's no. like torture. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's Now, amphibians are the tricky one. Mm. They can breathe through their skin, mm. but they also have lungs. I, 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 got it. I, know, I know what to do. I know what to do. I saw a documentary called Goldfinger, and what you just need to do is paint the amphibian in gold, and and, and then leave it on a bed after having intercourse with it. And, uh, and that's then, the only way that that scene could have actually worked, isn't it? Is if that woman had been an amphibian, and she'd be maybe she was maybe Bond. No, it wasn't Bond who did it. It was Eric Goldfinger. So maybe yeah. maybe she was an amphibian lady, and actually it's part of the Bond deep covered state. her in something else, didn't he? Affection. Gooey affection. No, don't. All right. <laughs> so yeah. frogs don't have a diaphragm nor ribs to pull in Aww. air. Yeah. What they do have is a huge mouth that is bigger than their lungs. They suck air into their mouth mm. and they close their nostrils and they squirt the air into their lungs oh, to Lordy. inflate their lungs. Then they pull the air back out of their lungs with their mouth muscles and squirt the air back out of their mouth. So... I could smother a frog with a pillow. This would prevent oxygen getting in and it would dry the skin out at the same time. Nice. nice. When their skin is dry, the oxygen can't absorb through. Uh, okay. The frog's oxygen would deplete after five to seven days. <laughs> 
So what happens if you use like a hairdryer? Like, and the, uh, yeah, they work too, but yeah. still five to seven days. Oh, okay. Frogs yeah. can do God. pretty cool stuff. You get pretty bored. You'd be like, oh, so is this worth the wallet? Yeah, just, and the frogs. How much can, the, some frogs can survive four months depending on the temperature. Oh God! Can you imagine for days to months it just being judged by a frog as you try and suffocate it? Like it's like, what are you doing? And like, what are you doing with your life, man? And you're like, no, I'm suffocating you. Shut up! And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm going. Oh, I can see my life in front of my eyes. In fact, this is probably longer than my life has been. This this death is probably longer than the time I've been alive. Anyway, so I got four months for like the shame to finally <laughs> yeah. turn me around and let him go. Yeah, that's right. That's a, that's a hard. I mean, you know, <sighs> people make yeah. mistakes in seconds. People make mistakes in minutes. Like hours to days to weeks to months. You'd be like, mm. is, is this the right thing to do? Yeah. Mm. Frogs are not high on my list of mugging victims. Yeah, no now, good. Fish. Ooh. Fish are easy. Yeah, right. Fish basically asphyxiate themselves. <laughs> Just take them out of the water. Just take them out of the water. They'll die after around 10 minutes unless yeah. they have some sort of specific adaptation. Right. Like Which us. Which some do. Yeah. But, you know. Lungfish. Yeah. Oh, don't get me started. Stupid lungfish. Yeah. Taking out stuff. Well, technically, it's like killing your grandparent. Evolutionary wise, yes, I suppose it is. Mm, yeah, mm, yeah, or at mm. least a cousin. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess it. A great, a I great uncle, a great. At aunt. some point, all of my victims are like a cousin. Yeah. Great, 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 and in some instances, my life like is humans. in danger for me to kill them. Mm. Yeah, I know. Nah. Also, people are really judgmental, even if it is legal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number two problem, and this is a fairly big problem too, mm-hmm. no wallets, Greg. Ah. Animals don't carry wallets. <sighs> they don't even, some of them don't understand capitalism or a monetary-based system, a, a fiat currency. They just don't get it. Yeah. They, I yeah. bet they, oh, God, I bet animals use Bitcoin, NFTs, I bet that's what they're all about. Just Well, some animals do carry things. Ooh. Birds carry twigs, otters carry stones, squirrels can carry multiple acorns in their mouth. Nice. But acorns are not in high demand. That's what, like, a, like you know, six acorns in a mouth? What's that, a buck Look, maybe? Dan, you say that now. You say that in the southern hemisphere, the superior hemisphere, it, we're in the middle of summer, but in six months' time it's going to be winter and then... What were you going to do? If you haven't been putting away your acorns for the winter, what the hell are you going to do, Dan? You're going to come begging back to the acorn market. And once again, we'll be like, well, you should have probably worked very hard during the uh, summer months. And now you want us to keep you alive by sharing the nuts with you. I don't know. I don't know. You have to think about that, Dan. You have to think about that. Why are you a drain on squirrel society? Because I'm out for myself. I thought this whole segment is about me being out for myself. Good point. Good point. No, that's fine. Sorry. Okay. Continue. Okay. And a buck. That's uh, like, I want a much bigger score. <laughs> right. So I am going to mug a tree. <laughs> okay. That went, what? Okay. I, we, Not just any tree, so we're, Gregoire. We're stepping, out of, we're stepping out of the animal kingdom entirely now. We're stepping into. Yep. Right. Right. Good. I'm going to mug a tree. Good. Good. Not just any tree. A tree called a hyperaccumulator. Nice. Hyperaccumulated trees are cashed up. Right. Cash money. They absorb 10 times the amount of minerals other trees absorb. Nice. You can get 
200 grams of nickel out of a hyperaccumulator every year. You could make a dime with that? No, wait. No, it's nickel. That's like four bucks US. That's like $5.60 Australian. God. And here's the best bit, Greg. Yeah, 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 yeah. No one gives a shit about murdering trees. Oh, no, no. God. So all I need to do is choke this tree out. (laughs) You did. Yep. Problem. Mm. No neck to choke. Mm. Mm. No mouth to stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. No lungs. Mm. Trees do transpire. Mm-hmm. They take in carbon dioxide and they release oxygen. Now, my first plan was to simply encase the tree in a big vacuum-sealed tent. Once the air becomes completely still, the air underneath the leaves is no longer whooshing past the leaf. Ooh. I figured that this would mean a layer of oxygen would build up around the leaf and it would <laughs> choke to death. <laughs> nice. There are many reasons why this wouldn't work. Mm, 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 Number mm. one, trees respire using cells called stomata. The stomata can open and close, so it will actually open and pull air in and close and pump air out. Yeah, they do that so that it, so they don't lose water. It's not just open all the time. Otherwise, they're, like, you lose too much fluid all, all the time. And that's always bad. Yep. So you don't, want, you don't want to get desiccated. No. Not too much. Why do, that's, like, why, what, that, that's why they're waxy on top. They, they, especially well, Australian ones, especially. That's, yeah, that's why they have that colour and that, that Australian trees are designed not to lose water because, you know, we live in a desert. I have a question. Yeah. Would choking a tree be as simple as just plucking every leaf off it? We'll get there. Ooh. I have a killer's mind. I'm like the Dexter yeah. of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, like a tree yeah, Dexter. De- that, I, I've, I definitely move on to that, Ooh. but I, well, why don't we establish no. why my first plan would Please, work. please. Because yeah. I'm trying to do as little effort as possible. No, of course, here. of course, of course. Okay. So, number two, trees generate their own heat. Mm. Some vegetation generates enough heat to melt snow, which is a pretty valuable skill for something that needs sunlight. Mm-hmm. So, these are some sort of cabbage. <laughs> now, if the tree creates heat... It also creates convection currents. Warm air around the leaves will rise and be replaced uh, by cooler air underneath. Right. Number two problem, and this is a doozy. You can't asphyxiate a tree by removing its carbon dioxide. Yeah. It doesn't breathe carbon dioxide. It eats it. Yes, yeah. It makes it if you deprive body. a tree of carbon dioxide, you starve it to death. Mm. And that takes ages, mm-hmm. like years. Yeah. We've talked about so on the podcast, as that's what trees are doing. Trees are... Magical tubes that manage to suck carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere and turn it into wood. It's yeah. really bizarre. It's really, really, really strange. One of my favourite things I learned not doing this podcast. Yeah, that's weird. Blew my mind. Yeah, it's just like, where does tree... And, and I hear it now because information take, goes around in circles. So you, you listen to like a cool... The cool new YouTube science person going, do you know where trees come from? Going, yes, I do, young sexy person who knows about science better than I do. I know that one though. Damn it. I'm still relevant. Oh, we've got a lot of knowledge in our heads. That's true. In our we, wrinkly, we have wrinkly much heads. more knowledge than every other scientist. It's real shallow. <laughs> it's not deep in any manner. Yes, it is. It is 2.5 centimetres deep and 1.6 kilometres wide. Yeah. <laughs> you have a couple of deep spots. I have a couple of islands. <laughs> so we don't want to starve this tree. No, there. no, no, no. And, and that's, that's okay. monstrous. That's that's not all we want to do. We mm. want to asphyxiate it. We want to choke a tree. So, mm. do trees need oxygen? They do. Ooh, fine. In fact, that's why they make their own. Nice. They take the sunlight and turn it into sugars and oxygen. Some of that oxygen goes into the air, but some goes back into the plant. 
the plant cells need oxygen to make their stomata cells pump. Ooh. Those cells need energy, and burning stored sugars with oxygen creates the energy to make that happen. Without oxygen, those shells shut down. We should be able to choke a tree. Mm. But it's making its own oxygen, Bastard. so we need to shut that off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we can cover the leaves or, like, with lots of little tiny pillows. Nice. <laughs> yeah, cool, I or, love it. I love it. <laughs> or just rip them off the tree. Now, the problem is trees have enough energy to regrow leaves, mm. so we'll have to keep removing the buds. Right. We can do that. That's a lot of work mm. for five dollars sixty. <laughs> yeah, it's not it doesn't seem very economically viable at the moment. But could you hear me out here? Mug a lot of trees at once. They're not running away. So you have a forest, and then you you mug them all. You just walk around every day mugging the trees bit by bit. And so it's you know you, you mug a thousand trees, so you end up with five thousand dollars. That's so much work. Plucking the leaves off all those trees. Yeah, but but well, a, a little forest pi- full of trees. I, I like I like the pillow concept. I, I want to put no, little pillows on things. There's a better way to Ooh, choke a tree, Gregoire. Now with trees, their root system is important. It allows them to draw up minerals they need to survive. Those roots need a constant source of oxygen. If we take that away from them, the roots die. Then the tree dies. Nice. We just need to overwater the tree, <laughs> keep the soil so moist that mm. no air gets in. It chokes to death on water. Then we take the minerals from inside it and sell them, and then we are cashed up. Cash money. Excellent. Fantastic. Now, the only problem is the corpse. Yep. We, after that, you've got all this worthless wood left over. Mm. I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think wood is worth anything. No, no. Let, let, me, just, let me just look up wood prices online. Holy mother of... I am going to be so rich. (laughs) Dan, have you ever done the test where you take a ruler and someone holds a ruler in your hand, they let it go, and then you have to catch it, and it's a test of your reaction time? Oh, yeah, yeah, I think think I've done that. And so it's the idea of you don't know... I caught it before they even let go. I'm that fast. (laughs) So you you have to like you have to get it and they can, you can measure the the number of centimeters and you can calculate the your reaction time. Do you know that we have to blame snakes for our slow reaction time? What snakes? Our slow human reaction time has to do with snakes and probably cobras more than any other snake. Cobras, Garden of Eden kind of stuff. The snake. At the start of everything. I've never seen a cobra. Like, I, I've never heard anyone say that the snake in the Garden of Eden had a hood. I, like, a cobra is a specific type of snake. Well, yes. But it's, it, it, could, it could... Look, stop being snakeish, Dan. It could, be, it could be whatever it likes. It just, anyway, the point of this is the snakes. Uh, we, have to, we have to blame the snakes for our slow, slow glacial human reaction time. And it all goes back... To when we came out of the trees. So human beings, we were on our way. The forests were pulling back. Savannas were growing across Eastern Africa. We were, we were like, okay, this, this tree thing's not working for us anymore. Let's all get down and wander around and find tubers and uh, foodstuffs. And we'll learn to stand up. Carbohydrates. Oh, yum. yum, 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 yum. Get real big and fat on carbs. Yes. Carbo-load. We've carbo-loaded ourselves into space. It's pretty impressive. Anyway. Well, and then we met something we'd never really met before, and that was the snake. And the snake, 
But snakes can climb trees. Well, well mainly cobras, because cobras don't. Cobras, and so no. snakes, so snakes, unfortunately, well, these are cobra kind of ones, they create a neurotoxin. So they were like, hello, strange monkey that's walking around and eating tubers. Bite. And we like, but death. And they're like, excellent. And I don't know what they do to us then. I think they just leave us alone. They don't really eat us. They just, they just yeah, they just didn't want to get attacked. They just didn't. They're, yeah. they're, they're like, yeah, f off. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Fuck him off. That's right. And to, to, to the Stupid other Stupid monkey. So we, and, and so we're, so we're, suddenly we're in this, in this new savannah and snakes were a big problem. Now, there's lots of ideas that we developed eyesight to be able to see them better. Not just snakes, but it would have helped with snakes. But there's something else that's happened inside our bodies. We have what's called an acetylcholine receptor, and it's part of our, our neurology. So it's a part of our neurons. And that's where the neurotoxins bind to, the, the cobras, neurotoxins actually bind to to kill us. So it shuts down okay. your brain, so it binds in there and it shuts you down. Humans started to evolve a really interesting defense to this. Our neuroreceptors started getting some resistance to neurotoxins. So the humans that were bitten, nice. humans were bitten by snakes were actually, well, died. But the ones that managed to make it through, if they had this slight adapt- adaptation, they would more likely survive and have more babies and therefore yep. create more. But there was a downside to this. It slowed our reaction time. How? Why? Just because it gives you a good thing. Evolution doesn't care about you. Evolution is not thought through. It just happens. So on one hand, humans that were bitten by cobras and survived and could actually pass on their genes, if they had this greater resistance, that's great. They had a greater resistance to neurotoxins. But the disadvantage, something called a fitness disadvantage, the receptors just don't function normally anymore. Those receptors have been physically changed. They don't function like they used to. So they're no longer as good at doing the thing they were meant to do, which was be a synaptic relay they slowed down our reaction times so now you have an interesting arms race inside your body between surviving neurotoxins and having slower reactions because if you have a cobra well you want to have fast reactions but Mm. you can't react faster than a cobra so in the end there has to be a balance between how fast you can react to get away from the striking cobra or an angry cobra and also some resistance so your body has evolved over billions of years, or millions of years, sorry, a a balance between slowing our reaction time and increasing our resistance to neurotoxin from cobras. This is like in World of Warcraft where you need to have some tanks and some, I guess, fast people? Healers. What are they called? Yeah, healing people. There are healers and there are tanks, but surely isn't there a fighter in there Damage per second, DPS dealers, yes. DPS, there you go. So, yeah, you want some of your people to be DPS and some to be tanks. Because the DPS people will avoid the Cobras and the tanks will just not die when they are inevitably now, bitten by the Cobras. We will, I want to point out that many humans a year die from Cobra bites still. It's like hundreds of thousands. It's really it's a, it's, it's a thing. Uh, so it's not that we're immune. That's not true. Sorry? That's not true. Hundreds of thousands of people dying from Cobra bites. Yes. Yes. It, that's not true. It's it's. There's no way that's true. Uh, sorry, tens of thousands. Sorry, tens of thousands. Hundreds of thousands lose limbs or suffer permanent kidney damage. There you go. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. That's from... That's a real thing? That's a real thing. Yes, yeah, sorry. Cobra bites. Cobra bites, yes. Well, because India and, and through, through the whole Asian continent, there are cobras. There are cobras. Lots of cobras. Yeah. And Africa and there are cobras, okay? I guess they're pretty angry they're, and stuff. And wow, that's a lot. Well, that's why humans involved. Like, we have very few people in Australia dying of snake bite. No, that's right. But, but Yeah, exactly right. Yes, that's because it's very... Very few people in Australia because they're all dead from a snake bite. So it's um no, it's not. 
Yeah, yeah, nature finds a way. Nature finds a way. The best defence to snake bite death in Australia is not existing in the first <laughs> Don't place. Don't move to Australia. So this was all done by scientist uh, Brian Fry at the University of Queensland, so where, around where you are. They've pointed out that lemurs, and remember the animal we were choking to death earlier on, so lemurs and... That was a marmoset? That was a marmoset, a sorry, I apologise. Different species. Oh, that's fair enough. Still chokeable. Uh Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can choke one of them out. But again, no wallet. It's true. Uh, so animals that aren't us, so primates that aren't us, they don't handle this as well as we do. So it seemed to happen it, during the split off from orangutans. Uh, we split off from orangutans. Well, the common ancestor, of course, and then the gorilla. So humans have this interesting resistance that other primates just don't seem to have and as, as great anyway. And what's really. Let me just write this down on our list of weaknesses <laughs> to gorillas. According you can hurl a, hurl a cobra at a gorilla, okay. much more likely to kill that uh, gorilla. Cobra. So American monkeys and Madagascan lemurs, they... American monkey <laughs> swinging in my tree. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. That's good. Sorry. Uh, look, didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. I, I, I broke into, there goes my hero. <laughs> so look, it's a singing podcast today. It's fine. All right. So American monkeys and, Amer- and Madagascan lemurs will die to much lower per body uh, weight uh, of neurotoxins than other primates because they don't have snakes that have produced that t- venom. Uh, so right. on there, so they just never seem to develop it. They didn't need to because that was before us. That was because they're they're monkeys. Like we split off from them a lot lot earlier than than the primate level. And what's interesting though is it's obviously still important to us because Australian humans and American humans, when they move to those areas of the world, they haven't lost their it's like Australian indigenous Australians don't seem to have a lower resistance to cobra neurotoxins, though there are no cobras in Australia and nothing that produces that sort of neurotoxin, he says mm. carefully. Probably a walk of shame there. Good let's face it, we we make all the cool stuff. Uh look, we got we got neurotoxins in the sea like crazy. Oh yeah, that's, that's we we like that you're not resisting that, that you you're going down. It's not just one way, though. Here's the really cool thing. It's not just one way. It's not just snakes, uh, cobras made us evolve, slowed our reaction time, but increased our resistance to their neurotoxin. We've done stuff to cobras, so as in kill them. <laughs> so th- there's an evolutionary pressure. It's, it's, once again, humans are part of the web. They're part of the, the, this, this, the web of life. We're, we're not separate to it. We seem to have be have instigated or been very, very much involved in the spitting power of cobras. So cobras spitting venom, we, the, the theory is that that's got to do with human predation and humans and, and interacting with human beings. So, wow. so we think, well, according to this article, the idea is that humans came down, they started, snakes were like, yeah, bite. And we're like, oh, and we started getting better at getting away from them and surviving their bites on a percentage level. And they were like, oh, God damn it. They're still, they're going to get in close and kill us. So evolutionary. Evolution finds a way, and they started spitting, and they started. They could actually hurl their venom at us. So that's bizarre. So humans have this direct connection. Uh, cobras changed human evolution, and humans changed cobra evolution, which is pretty cool. It's a delicate dance. It's a delicate dance of death, where one of the dancers has no feet, and 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 our reactions are very slow. We're very this, this metaphor has like, really yeah. fallen apart quickly. And the and the other and the other dancer wants to poison us with every every kiss. God, I'm, I'm aroused. God, I miss being a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I was preparing for the podcast and I went down to the shamearium. The shameatorium. Shameatorium, yes. sorry, the shameatorium to work through my shame and more to the point the shame from the from the podcast. And I discovered the walk of shame machine was damaged. That's that's me. That's me. Mm. That's my fault. Mm. That's I I had to dig up the walk of shame. Okay. Yeah, I I, I took all the bricks and I built a small cottage of shame mm. and that's where I've been living since just after the last podcast came okay, out. Okay, right. Right. Interesting. Uh so you remember last podcast? Barely. No one can forget last podcast. Barely. So you remember last podcast where I explained the big mistake in relation to Sean Seifkin. Oh no. With with the hanging and the lynching. Yes. Oh, yes. Are we, yes. Oh, we're coming back, are we? And then you made another oh, joke yeah. about the lagoon. At, that that was not a problem oh, for anyone. Excellent. Okay. Good. This was, of course, brought to my attention by Sean Seifert. Yes. Except it wasn't. <gasps> it was brought to my attention by Steve Eichenhauer. <laughs> and I confused Sean <gasps> and Steve God. in the description oh, of Dan, events. Dan, 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 Dan. <laughs> so... So Steve, so you just—that sounds like a me thing to do. What you're trying to say is all humans look alike to you. You know what? You, this I, I realized what the problem yeah. was is that I've memorized both of these people by the first three letters of their email address. Yep. So Seifkin mm. is S I E, and S Eichenhout is S E I. Oh no! <laughs> and so my little brain has just gone. Yep, that's right. And and it hasn't bothered because I don't remember full names. No, no, that's, right. that's not who's, how my brain who's got works. Time for that? Who's got time for that? Yes. Dan J J J J J Beeston. Yeah, well, everyone else remembers my name because I'm very special and I'm the most <laughs> important person. So Steve oh, got completely forgotten. Oh no! Oh no! To which he said, "Well, that's appropriate. Minorities often get erased <laughs> and forgotten about." Oh my God. <clears throat> you were trying so hard. You were oh. trying so hard. And Sean said that confusing him with someone else reminded him of how his own mother often confuses him with other people. Oh, no. So both of these people are very satisfied with how good I'm getting at insulting them <laughs> for their patron donation. Oh, my God. Well done, you. So Dan drops several very important balls and again comes out <laughs> smelling of roses. <laughs> also... Mm, mm. I kept pronouncing Sean's name as Seifkin yes. when it's supposed to be called Seifkin. Oh, good. And the great thing about that is that I'm not even doing it intentionally. <laughs> like, I'm trying really hard and I'm still blowing it. Oh, man, value for money. That's true. Oh, well, look, look, look let's uh, be honest. We try here at the podcast. We may fail. But we always seem to, it always seems to come up aces for us <laughs> especially me uh, uh, i'd like to read a this this ties in david galliel uh we had the podcast many many years ago we did the science board game uh many 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 yeah, years yeah, ago yeah. Well, uh, we uh the frog princess and i actually got to catch up with him oh, in Portland yeah, lovely, yeah. when we were on our trip i, I just he showed us some of his uh board game stuff it's pretty cool so on twitter he i just loved his his kind of he was saying merry christmas to us and he said love you guys you crazy demented dangerously irresponsible wacky occasionally hilarious occasionally on purpose nice guys <laughs> man that's a that's a compliment that really smacks you on the luck favors the prepared mind <laughs> Well, well, a clock, a clock is right twice. A broken clock is right twice a day, and we're two broken clocks. So, like four times a day, we're like on the money, baby. That's how that works. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> thankfully, I'm not the only one who's made mistakes. Oh my god! Please don't tell me I, I racially vilified someone. 
Oh, no, 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 no. You know, the, 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 everything after this is small. Oh, thank God. <laughs> okay, now you were talking about booba and kiki. Oh, yes, 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 yes. The words with different shapes. Absolutely. Now, you implied mm. that these words had a shape despite not having any connection to the world. Yes, that's that. That's what. Well, Eric, that was what the. That's what the research seemed to be suggesting. Mm. Yes. Okay, but Eric Wilson points mm. out that a kiki is a real thing. Mm. It's a term for a gathering or a party in English. In English. So if I said, "Hey, no pressure, but you're invited to come to my kiki, Greg," and if you don't come, that's fine. That's okay. Whatever. Well, maybe that would change whether you felt a kiki was soft and bulbous or whether it was <laughs> pointed, <laughs> Gregory. I saw, wow, Gregory Warrison, if that's your real name. Really, I've never heard the term kiki. I, no, neither has my spell check. No, I can't. Program that has a little red underline under kiki. Wow, that must, maybe that's a regional thing. I think Eric is somewhere in the United States of America, so. Definitely you can look up a kiki and, and people are like, yep, it's a gathering or. Wow. But, is it, yeah. but is it American or is it English, Australian English, American English, British English? I don't know much more about that. We word. need to look that up because that's really interesting. Because the research that I was that I was reading from said that yes, in some languages, kiki and boba are actually yes, they do mean things like to kill or to whatever. Mm. But in English, they had no meaning. Which I, that's I, it's fascinating yeah. because that's not my walk of shame. Then that's a walk of shame for the researchers. But but beyond that, I, I'm fascinated. Yeah, that's really interesting. Thank you, Eric. That's awesome. Yeah. So the next one is for you. I, I'm assuming there are no more for me, except for the ones I gave myself. <laughs> Once again, Dan, you've just been too perfect. Or everyone's just so shocked by your racism that yeah. they can't. Yeah, I'm so perfect. <laughs> they can't. Uh, they, they're just like. I'm infallible. <laughs> and then a month. People are like, oh, look, I, I heard Dan make a mistake, but it's nothing compared to the one that he was. Remember when he, he racially he, vilified he a to... whole group of people? Oh, wacky <laughs> times. 2021's yeah, mispronunciation seems like, yeah. you know, whatever. Unuseful. You don't want to bring it up now because he may rage vilify us. So, you know, <laughs> he's shown precedence. Yeah. You're not, you're saying not that guy. Anyway, moving on. Apparently. <laughs> okay. So, another listener wrote in Dorothy Bullard from sunny California. Oh, hello, Dorothy. And she says, Champagne Coupe, not Champagne Coupe. Does everyone in Oz pronounce it incorrectly or just Greg? <laughs> Probably just Greg. <laughs> yeah. So oh, thank you for opening up this coop of worms, Dorothy. <laughs> no one else here pronounces it at all. I've never heard it say, said out loud. Champagne coop. The word we've both been reading is spelt C-O-U-P-E. Mm -hmm. Coop. It's a French word that means cup. They both come from the same Latin route. <laughs> they both come from the same Latin root. <laughs> My wife says it also means a sports cup. And I said, all oh, right, like to keep your junk protected. And she almost wet herself laughing before explaining, no, you hold it over your head. <laughs> you to which I responded, oh, a trophy. Yes. Well, well it depends on, on, on how well endowed you are, whether you can hold it over your head. Yeah. Oh, well, that, yeah, true. <laughs> Some of those French cyclists. Yes. <laughs> no, they're the ones that take drugs. That'd be tiny. Well, I think they all take drugs. I think the, I think the whole biking community is just 
Yeah, so all their penises were I think tiny. That, I think I think every one of them. I think that was the whole thing. Lance and was like, naughty, naughty. Lance. Oh man, I'm getting, I'm I'm wading into dangerous territory. But I'm going to continue going. I like it. I Lance like Armstrong got the whole. But then they 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 suddenly realized that many, many, many of them were all using drugs. And it was a major thing. But everyone kept it under the carpet. It was all like, whoa, conspiracy. But yeah, I, I think there was a lot of drug taking. It's probably all clean now, though. It's probably all been cleaned up since Lance Armstrong. Sure, it's all it been is. fixed now. I'm sure all sports. This is in the days before performance enhancing drugs were mandatory. That's right. You know, I'm sure they're all fine. I'm sure everything's great. Okay. So now, if you take the word coop and you add one of those little forward slashes over the mm-hmm. E, it becomes a different word. Ooh. It's the word cut in French. My wife says that this little diagonal is called an accent, but I call all of them umglots, much to her displeasure. <laughs> okay. So in French, I have cut the hair is je coupé les cheveux. Okay. But the end result, the noun is... Of haircut, I had a haircut, mm-hmm. is un coupe de cheveux. So they get rid of the, oh, the umglot. Yes. <laughs> so a haircut is called un coupe. I asked her, is a bowl cut in French called un coupe de coupe? <laughs> and she said, no, it's called un coupe de bowl, which I prefer. Yes, yeah, okay. Right. The coupe is also a type of horse-drawn buggy from France. Most buggies had two benches so that people could face each other while travelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, the coupe had a rear bench cut so that it was shorter, so they just had one bench that faced forward. The similar design in cars kept the name despite sometimes having two rows of seats returned to it. So, coupe in French became coupe in English, <laughs> the coupe in the US, and of course in Australia, Greg? Coupe. So, Dorothy, you are right. Greg should say coupe when referring to the champagne glass. But everyone else in the world says that you should say coupe when discussing the vehicle. <laughs> so both of you, here are some bricks from the Cottage of Shame. <laughs> Go for a quick walk on them, both of you, please. <laughs> and finally on the Walk of Shame, Gronje Maguire gave an addendum to your info on the Japanese handing out substandard bronze, silver Ooh. and gold medals. Oh, yes, yes. Now, you were correct oh, thank in God. everything you said. <laughs> But she points out that the resources from the medals were accrued from the public donating their old tech. She reckons this means that we should give them a pass. But what I got out of this was that they didn't even pay for the material themselves, the cheapskates. (laughs) So thank you, Gronje. Thank you, Gronje. That's fantastic. And if you hear us say anything ludicrous or scurrilous or... Just plain wrong, then get in contact with the person who didn't say it. It's very confusing. So if Dan happens to say something a bit silly, then you get in contact with Greg at smartenough.org. And if Greg says something wrong, get in contact with Dan at smartenough.org. Absolutely. And if you're not too sure, just fire it into the ether and find out. That's fine. Apparently we do sound similar. Don't know how that happened, uh, no, eh? no idea, mate. Nah. 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 Now you're talking about sound like two crows. Yeah. <laughs> you have been listening to Dan at smartenough.org. And the other sexy voice is Greg at smartenough.org. You can get along to the website smartenough.org. You can press on any of the subscription oh, buttons. So many buttons. People love buttons. If you buttons. want to subscribe, you'll you press them and you get a little dopamine hit because your brain will be like, oh, I'm doing something good for them. And then you'll feel better. Should I make them a Skinner box? Should I make them only randomly work? That's, well, uh, mm, no, because that wouldn't work then, would it? Because you have to, you have to, you give the prizes to begin with. So if someone new came, it would work for our old listeners, but people, new people coming, it wouldn't work. 
because you've got to give them some you've got to give them presents to begin with and then start pulling them back you can't just start you, at no random. no yeah you can't just start at random that won't mm, help you need to train them initially yeah, yeah. That they can get stuff. yeah yeah that's right so good idea good plan all right i could code that yeah, yeah. you just need to do, use a browser cookie thing yeah, yeah. yeah that would work <laughs> excellent yeah but yeah so we uh, yeah welcome to the smart enough to better skin <laughs> of box experiment <laughs> If you have comments to make about this particular experiment or anything you've heard in the <laughs> podcast, you can type them into the comment section and chat with other listeners there. Yep. If you would like to support the podcast, then you can buy a shirt or you can drop some money into the tip jar or you can become a patron. That's right. Or just tell people about the oh, podcast. Or, yeah, that's you can tell main, people about that's it That's the too. main one, actually. That's the, honestly, it's people It's people word of mouth spreading. Like, these two guys talk about things. It's great. That's how you, you help us out, really. That's the main one. Yeah. That's honestly the big one. Yeah. And if you happen to have a podcast of your own that leapt into fame because it was attached to a BBC panel program, <laughs> then... If you want to mention that to everyone on your podcast, then that that's going to work gangbusters. Like, Anna Tuzinski from Smart Enough to Do Better did that once, and we no, no, we never looked back. Not Smart Enough to Do Better. We're smart, huh? we're smart enough to know better. Anna Tuzinski from No Such Thing as a Fish. Yep. But if she wants to be on this podcast, I will boot Greg in a heartbeat. <laughs> Thanks. No, it's, look, it's, that, would, that would be brilliant. <laughs> That solves a lot of it problems. Actually, actually. It'd be pretty good. That, that's that's fine. No, I'll I'll take that as long as yeah, as long as, yeah. That's fine. That's 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 fine. That's the podcast host that, that I'm willing to let you cheat me cheat with me on. Cheat with me on cheat on. Yeah, basically cheat on, cheat on, on me. With. Yes, you can you can have Anna. No, I will replace you full and full of there. <laughs> I will divorce you and then replace you with someone better. That's just how it's going to work. We all knew this was going to happen. <laughs> All if right, you, now, if, if you're a listener you, and you think you can do better than me, send your audition tape to dan at smartenough.org. <laughs> and we'll play them on the podcast. We'll, we'll, we will. Send your audition <laughs> tape to... For 20, look, look, I'm doing it. I'm doing what I normally do. Just creating a whole new crazy thing and not bringing up with Dan at all. This never. So if you think you could be a, a co-host or a host of Smart Enough to Know Better, please just record yourself being interesting and, and witty and erudite and send it to dan at smartenough.org. Are you... Friendly fellow, Fine co-host, <laughs> and Dan, and then we'll play the best ones. We'll play the best of finding the new co-host of Smart Enough to Know Better. And if Dan likes you better, you can become the new co-host of Smart Enough. There we go. So, and how could I not? <laughs> <laughs> so, if you've always wanted to be the co-host of the podcast, this is your time to shine. And we'll play them on the podcast. We think they're good enough. Remember, that's Dan at SmartEnough.org. Send your introductions today. Your auditions, not introductions. If you would like to support Greg <laughs> and myself in a way that Greg and I do not support each other, <laughs> you can sign up to our Patreon. A Patreon. It's called it's a Patreon. Patreon. They, they become yes. patrons on They're our the Patreon. Yes. Useless. Get very confusing. If you support our second tier, then we will read your name out on the oh podcast and thank you. So a big thank you to Andrew Potts, <laughs> Matt Ewers. <laughs> yeah. Ilana Mitchell, Elizabeth Youngkin, Phil Holland, Matthew Toy, Britta Rogowski, Lindsay Jenkinson, Avi Greenbury, Ivan, Christopher Revel, Gronya Maguire, and Andrew Whitehurst. Thank you all so much for your support of the podcast. Absolutely. Okay, now, and you can just stop the podcast now because 
you're going to hear stuff that's going to upset you. <laughs> I know that I am. Oh, no. These are the insults that's for the top-tier patrons yep. who have asked to be insulted. Mm-hmm. They've paid enough that I will insult we them. We don't know why you're doing it, but thank you very much. We do appreciate it, but good Lord. What are you doing? This month's podcasts are based on great cinematic tragedies. <clears throat> What's the difference between Steve Stewart and Jack Dawson from Titanic? Mm-hmm. Jack Dawson was able to get someone to a door. I know that it wasn't technically a no. door. It was a piece of moulding from around the yeah. door. But Jack Dawson was able to get someone to a door. But Steve Stewart oh, can't get someone to a as door. As in a door, A-D-O-O-R and A-D-O-R-E. Yeah, yeah, ah, yeah. That's very good. That's, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. It's more of a red one. It's a bit too yeah, clever, possibly. Yeah it's, bit, yeah, it's pretty good. Especially for Steve Stewart. Ha, ah, boom. Uh, there you there go. go. Tag, tag me, Gregson. Boom. Okay. Moving <laughs> on. It's like I'm in the middle of the ring and you're like, you're yeah, hand yeah, yeah, out like, through the ropes. Right. I, I just hit the, hit the other guy with a chair. Yeah. Okay. The original song for Armageddon that plays after Bruce Willis's character explodes mm, spoilers. in Armageddon mm. was actually called I Don't Want to Miss a Thing mm. Except Tom Seary. I'm fine, really. <laughs> uh, but it didn't scan well, so they had to change it. I want to close your eyes. I'm so sorry. I just miss you. And I don't want to miss a thing except Tom Siri. That works. Actually works. That's really good. Yeah, Yeah. that's really. I I like the fact that I didn't know most of the words. I just went. Yeah, it worked. That's that's soft rock, baby. You just have to grind. (laughs) If Steve Eichenhout had been in the Will Smith film Seven Pounds, mm. where seven pounds is the weight of a normal person's organs, it would have had to have been retitled Six Pounds and Two Ounces. It's a small penis joke. Oh, right. I, 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 wanting to follow oh, along? No, I, I, no, I didn't. I wasn't going for penis. I was, I was which is strange to me. Um, but I was going... <laughs> I was going for. Why did I do that to myself? What? No, I was. I thought because it, it's Christmas time. I thought it was going to be like a like a heart too small Grinch thing. Nah, small small cock. cock. You're going for a small cock. Okay, yeah. right, right. Good. Wow, we are classy. Yeah. We are a classy podcast. Yeah. What's the difference between Mikhail Kidar and Randall McMurphy from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? Someone took pity on Randall's lack of brain function. <laughs> wow, deep cut. That's um. Yep, there you go. Yeah, yep. true. Well, deep uh, cut. That's that's how they got Randall McMurphy too. Very deep cut. Oh god, yeah. oh, I've upset. Ooh, yes. I've upset myself now. Oh, lobotomies. Why do we do this anyway? Oh, yeah. I made myself sad. Oh, oh no, seriously. Oh, oh, I feel like I'm going to mm-hmm. vomit. Honestly, like ah. Actually, my brain. I suddenly started thinking about frontal lobotomies. Why do I keep talking about this? I. Mm. You're not smart enough not to. Apparently, <laughs> good lord, that was that was really probably don't need one at this. That point. was really visceral. That was terrifying. Ah. Blah. Blah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. So go on. Finally, what's the difference between Alec Baldwin and Sean Seifkin? Oh, no. Alec Baldwin is not shooting blanks. <laughs> oh, Dan. So I hope everyone's real upset Dan. because that's what these guys are paying Dan, for. Dan, that's very recent. That's a. Yeah. That's an ongoing yeah. investigation. Too soon, you would refer That's to? an ongoing... Re- oh, no. Yeah. It's a big tragedy when one person dies on a movie mm. set, but Tenet came out in the middle of a global pandemic. Yep. There is a non-zero death count on that Oh, film. yeah, yeah. There have to be, yeah. People who wouldn't have left the, the house otherwise went to go see that movie <laughs> and died because of COVID or spread it. Sure. 
That's I guess that's like, that's, that's, that's a step removed. I guess that is, wheels between wheels amongst wheels. Yeah, 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 that's true. Secrets everywhere. <laughs> and I hope that Scott Driscoll, Michael Barnes, Al Batson, Eric Wilson, and Morton O'Hare all live happily ever Aww. after. There's a space on the door for all of you. Yeah. Aww. So Merry Yule season. Yay. Happy December, Wayne. Yes. Let's usher 2021 out the door and. You know what, listeners? I reckon 2022 is... And look, I know they said this in 2017 and 2018 and then 2019 and then 2020 and then 2021. But I reckon 2022 is going to be a good year. (laughs) This is going to be the last podcast we make for this year. And if you're sitting there going, I really need to hear Greg screech about science more. Well, you're in luck, gentle listener, because I was invited to Curiosity of a Child podcast, Rick and Anton. So Rick and Anton are a father and son team. Rick is human aged male and his son Anton is 11 years old and they have exciting adventures in science and learning about the world in exciting ways and they invited me on to chat about science so I had a lovely conversation with them so you can look up curiosity of a child it's worth listening to it's part of the that's not canon network please give it a listen tell me what you think see all the terrible mistakes I make I'm pretty certain I made some pretty huge mistakes in that podcast science wise but uh, yeah, go and have a listen to that. Support them. They have throw pillows. We don't have throw pillows, Dan. They have curiosity of a child throw pillows. Can't be trusted. Oh. <laughs> Someone will lose an eye. Yeah. Or, or more to the point, you'll just choke him out with it. That's the. Oh yeah, the, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We can't trust it with no, pillows. <laughs> we've uh, proven what we can do with those. I would like yeah. to thank the listeners. This has been a, an interesting year for all of us. It's the whole planet, and you know, it's, it's ongoing excitement, but. I'd like to thank the listeners. I've really enjoyed the contact I've had with listeners, like either on Zoom calls or emails or tweets or just general messaging. Back Anything that's not actual contact. That's, that's right. We don't want to get yeah. like physical right. contact. Stay 1.5 meters away from me at all times. Thanks. But people have been really lovely and, and have given their time and given their good cheer. And I'm just very... I'm actually very proud of our listeners. People from around the world get in contact, and it's lovely. And it's not even. And sometimes they want to say they like what we do, and sometimes they want questions or want help with things. And I'm glad that we have this this really fun community. And every podcast goes, "We are the best listeners in the world." I don't know if you're the best best podcast listeners in the world, but you're really human, and you give of yourself back to this these two voices that you hear in your ears. And I really appreciate that. It's actually been really really heartwarming to open up my emails and tweets and Instagrams to, to find all this stuff. Not Facebook. We hate Facebook. Uh, but, um, yeah, so thank you very much to everyone for just chatting and being part of the, the community, being one of our smartsies. You know what I like about one, – one thing I really like about our listeners is that – especially like the patrons especially <laughs> – is that I, we have to read out their names, mm. which I see happen a lot on the internet – but everywhere else on the internet, it's like crazy names. It's like Razor at Four. Yeah. Uh, big thank you to Melting Pot of Juice. It's like a uh, big thank you to Twelve Inchworms, all doing a dance. <laughs> and it's like, and I listen to it. I'm like, this is your job to do yeah. that. And, and our listeners, they put their names in as their names, yeah. and it's normal to read them out. Sure. Almost all of them have at some point emailed me and said, hey, you're not pronouncing that right. But other than that, pretty pleased, pretty happy about that. Yeah, we, got some good, we have good listeners. We have good peoples. You're good humans. You're good humans or good facsimiles of humans. Keep it up. 
And as we always like to say... Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> it's just practice. That's why Greg always says that. Because I'm just practicing. For now. We walked around a bit. Mm. It's just, your brain is like, how do we escape? We need to escape this somehow. <laughs> well, like, I think we were like three degrees off our proteins denaturing. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think meat denatures at 52 degrees. <laughs> oh, this is when you were in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I could sous vide pork at 52 degrees. <laughs> also... That might be the wrong meat to reference in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> You've come down in the morning and the Leatherback Turtles had a very long evening pulling itself up onto the beach. Oh, God, I'm so tired. And then all these humans have to go, we must rescue the animal. And they're all pushing at it. And it's like, get off me. Leave me alone. And they're desperately trying to get back to the water because it's think. And everyone's like cheering and doing selfies and throwing water in its face. I'm like, it's not a dolphin. <laughs> it's a leatherback turtle. It's going to be fine. It's a turtle. Anyway, I get frustrated when people go, we have to save this animal that for millions of years has been doing this exact thing. It's all fine. We, we, just leave it alone. Just leave it alone. It'll get... It'll, it'll, anyway, Someone right. help that poor bird is stuck in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Look at it and go, is it actually in distress or is this distress you? Are you the distress? Because you're the predator that's come up to it. And it's like, Aah! and then it's, it's not It's not like looking at you in a friendly way going, oh, I love you. It's like, oh, God, it's going to eat me. It's staring at me. And But I'm a human. <laughs> I'm not a predator. I just eat like leafy greens and vegetables and tubers and nuts and birds and cows and kangaroos. And oh, I've had a crack at a crocodile before and uh oh gosh uh, yeah lizard fish turtle oh oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah do we need to push this back into the ocean quite so quick have we thought about all our options here <laughs> we could roll, you know roll it over and like get some butter on this son of a bitch mm. <laughs> i always wonder if they could tell Certain animals have really good senses of smell, and I always wonder if you eat bacon in the morning or something like that. Like you, you have oh, a big slap up bacon breakfast, yum yum yum, and you go outside and you're like, "Hello, animals of the universe!" And like oh, he's eating flesh. I mean, because they eat flesh too, but, but a lot of them eat flesh. But I wonder if all these mm. all these animals are like the blood still on his breath. <laughs> I've heard tales that vegetarians can hear can f- <laughs> smell here. Can we smell can smell meat at a- meat eaters. The, the, the people smell different, and that vegetarians who hang around with vegetarians can smell people who have eaten meat. I'm more sensitive to the smell of cooking meat. Things like bacon, they're, they're aromaticy kind of meats that I can detect, mm. and you can still smell it. You can still smell it in the air. I don't know if I can smell it on them. Like if they walked into the room after eating it, I don't know. I've never done. I've never noticed. Yeah. But if and how do you how do you tell the difference between like bacon and Someone's sunburn. We're made of meat. Like, is like I smell meat. No, that's just me. <laughs> <I've>... <laughs> you 
look, once again, I'm not going to yuck your yum, especially if your yum is a yummy, yummy uh, thigh bone. But, um, but yeah, before you cannibalize someone. I'm not saying eat them because they smell like bacon. Oh, right. Okay. Neither, neither was I. That's not, no, that's not, I wasn't saying that either, Dan. It no. always turns to cannibalism with no, you. Look, no, no, it doesn't always turn to cannibalism. It's not, it's fine. It doesn't, it's not. as I've said before, worst vegetarian ever. <laughs> I, I, I won't eat beef, but I'll use a cow heart for theatre because that's art. Well, no, have I? Have I? Oh, well, yeah, look, I have. And, but normally I make. <laughs> <laughs> but I know. But, but they were the, I'd like to say that that I my my here's my thought process on that. Shut up. That's my thought process on oh, that. Oh. <laughs> Shutting up. They go to the kill shelter and they discover the cat's been euthanized because it was captured at 9 p.m. It's, it's there's no way in hell people are going to accept that we that we're going to start killing cats that are let out. I don't want the kill shelters to be involved. I want to see like little tiny mini sized jeeps with a terrier in the front seat oh, and a rottweiler manning a machine gun or a harpoon <laughs> out the back like one of those swivel guns uh, drone, how about just drone strikes <laughs> testing one two three yeah yeah that's it was coming yeah Go that's on. it yeah, we're getting deaf damn we're getting deaf can't it's, imagine uh... how that keeps happening <laughs> all right I made a note here which says when I used to watch the Australian kids' science program Infinity Limited, oh. I always imagined myself to be Rick or Roscoe, but it's coming more and more apparent to me that I'm Vortex. <laughs> I think it's a, it's a muggle, these things. Very nice. Which is, it, which is a note that a very small yes. Yes. chunk of our audience will even comprehend. Australian and of a certain era. Exactly right. When we came out of the trees millions of years ago... They threw me out. <laughs> they had enough of me. And get into the savannah, you monkey. You try to mug anyone again, you're <laughs> like, come down there. My bark is so much worse than my bite. <laughs> you can roll a dice on this thing. There's like a little thing for a little command for if you're playing D&D. Oh, yeah, that. That's hilarious. Uh, you do backslash roll, and it gives you a d20 result. And if you do backslash oh. roll and then a number, it'll give you a d whatever. D35. There you go. That's nice. That's cool. There you go. Someone at Squadcast is a uh, is into Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I tried pi. They just went to d20. That's fine. G- uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Integers. Integers. How do you have a dice how do you have a pie dice how about sounds like a smart enough no better sketch that's right, yeah, yeah hang on roll um roll i d20 <laughs> fine <laughs> imaginary rolls i know some of my friends would do imaginary rolls always 20s at the end <sighs> imaginary roll again i miss being a teenager <laughs> she's in canada you have to believe me she exists <laughs> 